what are the first five books of the Bible called? Pentateuch. Pentateuch. Very good. And it's also called the Torah. the Torah. Very good. And the sixth book is called, and it was written by, who was, uh, who was born where? And he was assistant to who? Very good. Very good. So that's some of the background. We've made it all the way. This is our sixth week. We're in chapter three. Made it to chapter three. Now, um, almost 10 years ago, uh, I know you're thinking well, I was 18 or so, and you're about right. 10, 10 years ago, the, the, the text that we're at right now is the first text I ever preached at this church. It was nine months before I came on staff, and Pastor Mike was going to be out, so he asked me to come up here and to fill in for him. So this is the text that I brought. And what's interesting, I I learned later that it was a a a a memorable message that I brought. There was a... uh, about nine months after I preached it, uh, the youth got wind that there was going to be a new youth guy here. Uh, one of the youth that was in the youth group at that time was named Samantha Jones. Y'all might know her as Samantha Dip, 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 Davis. And she says when she heard there was going to be a new youth guy here, she goes, Oh, dear Lord, don't let it be that guy that stuttered here like nine months ago. Yeah, hope, I, hope, I hope it's not him. Can you believe that? Can you believe I let her, like, lead stuff around here now? God can do amazing. Hey, Samantha, you're turning a little, uh, a little bit red. Um, so, ouch, that, 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 that stung a little bit, but um, at least she remembered me. I, something, something stuck forward there, so that, that's a good thing. We're going to talk about distractions tonight, okay? Distractions, and, and then we're going to see where, where the text will, will, will take us. The Israelites are going into the prom, promised land. But every time up to this point that they've sort of come close this way, distractions have been killing them, literally and spiritually. Now, um, distraction number one, and as we preach through this text, I've referred to this probably five times in the past six weeks. But the spies went into the land, and, they, and 10 of them came back in and said, we can't go in, back into the, that land because there are what in the land? There are giants in the land. Two of them said there's not giants. Ten of them said there are. The crowd went with the 10. And because the crowd lost faith, didn't put faith in God and put faith in the word of, 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 of man, uh, that generation of men died off in the wilderness. It took 40 years for them to walk around lost. Why? Because a distraction came. There were giants in the land. Uh, Another distraction we see they they faced was in Exodus 16. They they were out and about. They had just escaped Egypt. They'd been enslaved. And they, um, they went, man, we are hungry. Now, I don't know, I don't know about you, but Food is a major distraction for me. 8.30 in the morning, I am thinking about lunch, baby. You know what I'm saying? I am like dreaming about some burger with like juice easing down my face with tater tots, 
Ooh, from Tasty's. Ooh, that's good stuff. You know, so I'm, that's a distraction. So I understand. So they're like, oh, we're hungry. Why can't we just be, why can't we just be enslaved again? Because the, we, we, at least we had so great, some great food there. Now, now God heard their cry. And what God did was when, when the dew, not dog dew, but the D-E-W, the wetness of the ground fell each morning, this thing called called manna is what they called it. This sweet bread would fall every day. They'd go out, collect this bread, and they'd have food to eat. So God provided for it. Even though they were distracted by their stomachs. Now, do, do you know what the word manna means? What is it? No. Okay. Do you know? Do you know? Man, you're excited. I'm about to, t- t- to tell you what it is. It means, what is it? In, in Hebrew. So they walked out that first day and went, manna. And they're like, oh, manna. And the name stuck. So you know a Hebrew word now, which is manna, that means what is it? Okay? So, so they, that's a little bit of Hebrew. That's all we're doing with that because y'all wouldn't last a second more. Okay. Anyways, uh, in, 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 in Numbers Eleven, we see they're dis- distracted, but because of food again. This time they're like, "We've got this this man- manna, but man, we need meat." I don't know about you, but I'm like, "Give me meat! I want to." Sorry, sorry, Bianca. Meat, you know that just makes a meal. It's not really doesn't even count as food unless there's some meat as a part of it. So I understood their cry a bit, but they whined about it so much they were like, "Man, why can't we just go back to when we were enslaved? Because at least we had meat then." So God does this. He says, "You want meat? I'll give you meat." And He has quail fly into the camp. It covers the camp where it's three feet deep of quail, and He says. You're going to eat quail for a month until it makes you so sick it's going to come out your ears. Now, I've never eaten something that much, and I really don't want to try because that sounds like it's not possible, but it's just a, a figure of speech there. So, so distractions came their way, and it would throw them off every time. They faced them, so do we. Now, there's a text that y'all have heard preached here through, through the past year that's John 10.10. And I, I think I'm, I may have it. Do, do, I, do, do I have it in that run? No, I, I may not. John 10.10, 10, this is, it, is what it says. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, who's the, the thief? Okay, who's speak, speaking here in John 10.10? 10? Je- Jesus is speaking, okay? And he says, hey, the, the thief, who, Satan comes to, to kill, to steal, and kill, and destroy. And then he says this. And I have come that you may have life and life to the full. Now, I want you to understand the thief comes to distract and destroy. And we are distracted all the time in many, many ways. And I thought, what are some ways that teenagers today are distra- dis- dis- distracted? Now, part, we're going to talk about that. But I want you, the main part of this text we're going to look at, and I've split it up into into week one and week two. So we're, we're going to talk, talk about four steps to ab- abundant life. Okay, what does it take? If you want abundant life that is life to the full, what does that take? We're going to look at the, those four steps. But what are some things that distract us today? I, I wrote the, this first, day, first thing down. Temporary pleasures of the world. N- money, fame, 
all fleeting, right? We can see that because so many that reach that level where around the world they're known and loved, so many overdose on drugs, take their own life, and you go, man, how could they do that? They had everything this world had to offer, but it still wasn't enough. That's such a distraction. We, we, even, we even find it gets in the way. We're like, man, I just had a little more money, and we're not content with what we, we have. I mean, if I just had that car, everything would be just right for me. If I had that job, if I had this or I had, and if, we, if my folks lived in that house, life would be so much better if we went on that trip. I would just feel, and it's, it's fleeting. It's stuff that we, we touch, but it doesn't satisfy. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Understand that. Distractions come. Another one is, and for teenagers, this is it. Close friends who don't have a relationship with Christ. And I'm talking about a real relationship with Christ. You can have a close friend that goes to church. You can have a close friend who goes to youth group, but they don't ever think or ever talk or ever act like Christ has ever changed their life. And when we have those relationships in, in, in our own lives, it's going to distract us from the things of God. It's going to distract us from abundant life. Proverbs 13, 20. If you don't have this marked down, if you don't know, know this by heart, I encourage you to learn this verse. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise is wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise, you're going to be wise. Surround yourself with the wise. And, and one who it talks about who's wise there is one who knows the word of God and acts upon the word of God. That is someone who is wise. But a companion of fools, you hang with fools, you will suffer harm. Are you still here? Man, y'all look tired, like tired, like Valentine's Day has worn me out. Well, since it's Valentine's Day, can I think of the, bring up a third distraction that most teenagers deal with, or you will, or you are, the number one thing that has the potential to wreck your life right now is that girl or that guy. Number one, and adults nod because of this. We've been there. We've, we've been wrecked. Dude, and you're like, oh, they're just awesome. Now, now, let me read my notes so I don't say anything wrong or out of place. Uh, and this is for free. This is just for free. You're just, this is just extra stuff here. Um, what, if you are, are going, man, I'm in a relationship or I want to be in a relationship, can I say be careful, be very care, care, careful about it? And this is why. Um, because so many of you think, man, I'm going to date because I'm going to be married one day, and this is going to help me learn how to be married. And dating is going to do nothing that's going to help you learn to be married. Now, some of you, I'm looking at you, I'm hitting your eyes, and that doesn't mean I'm, I'm like, yeah! You're like, he stared at me, I'm never coming back to that church again. Okay? It, it, you act like, and we, we think, oh, it's so cute, I'm going to give you a nickname. Can I, can I beg you this? If you date, don't act like you're married because you're not. What percentage of dating relationships break up? A ton of them, right? Would we say, would we say more than not or most? There's going to be a point where they break up. And the pro- problem is this. Someone who dates and breaks up, dates and breaks up, dates and 
breaks up, you're not, you don't learn how to be married, but you really learn how to be divorced. You, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, you sort of learn, man, when, when this doesn't work out, I'm going to bail out. That's why I want you to be very careful. Now, um, this dating thing doesn't only date the person, the guy and the girl that are in this relationship. But can I tell you, it can be a distraction for the group around you as well. Because when there's a breakup, I guarantee their sides. Ooh, I cannot believe he did that to her. <gasps> Can you, 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 you know what she said? And you, you, you immediately get behind that person. That's your friend. And man, I am going to. Mm-mm. And can I t- tell you? There's when I thought about this, y'all might not even see this correlation. Have y'all seen the um, the Ga- Geico commercial where the old lady has the fake, 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 fake? Facebook wall. Did did I put that in there? Oh, I had it because she's she's doing this one. She's got her own wall and and one. She's like, I don't think you're you're doing that right. She's like, I unfriend you. And she's like, that's not the way it works, right? She's not the way it works. Can I tell you? That's not you know when when friends break up and you pick sides. That's not the way it's supposed to work. It's a distraction. So. When you feel that and it's going to happen, it just does. That's why I am like, ah, do you understand at your age, girls, guys are of the devil? Horns. Look at them closely. You'll see them. Girl, uh, guys, girls are of the devil at your age. Something's going to wreck you. And don't worry, we're, we're going to have like three or four weeks on this in about a month or so. We're going to have a lot of fun in here. I just didn't want to put it on Valentine's Day because that's too cute. So, all right, distractions. Do we all agree we have them? Do, do we know there's some we need to look out for? Yes, we all have them. Adults, we all have them as well. And that brings us to Joshua chapter 3. And I think every time I feel like I preach in, the old, in an Old Testament book, I talk about these Israelites who are always messing up. They're always doing the wrong thing. You're like dummies every time. You messed up, you messed up, you messed up. And right here in chapter 3, we see them do the exactly the right thing. You're like, yes, they get it right. And so the four steps to abundant life, because they're going into the promised land, a land that God has prepared for them, a land where they can finally find rest, where they can make their homes and, and, and make their living and live and, and find rest. And that's what abundant life is about. It's not trying to find rest so I can go take a nap because I'm sick of my kids. It's, it's rest that, man, this is what I'm in this life for. I'm, I'm not being pulled by this or that. I'm going to be pulled by what God has for me. Two spies have just gone uh, into uh, the city of Jericho. Jericho, we talked about Rahab, and, and they, they, they talked with her, made a deal with her. They've come back out, and they've told jo- Joshua that the, the city is melting in fear because of what they've heard about God. And that, that brings us here to Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. So if you can stand with me, we're just going to read this verses 1 through 5 together as a body in honor and respect of God's word. This is what it says. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim. 
And they came to the Jordan, and he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. Okay, everybody good with that? All right, all right. That's a city. Okay, don't, don't use it as a, as a fill-in word for when you're mad. Hey, Mom, it's a, it's a city in the Bible. No, doesn't work. Verse 2, at the end of the, of the three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the ark of the, the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out, set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it about two thousand cubits in length. Do not come near it in, in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then jo- 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 Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And then it says this in verse 14, it says, so when the people set out from their tents, to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And it talked about how they get to the Jordan after that. Let, let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your text. Lord, as we jump through just two points tonight, we're just going to run right through them. Lord, I just ask that you will stir our hearts uh, to be uh, committed to you, uh, to be, to be uh, Lord, just take scales away from our eyes, the things that get in the way that we may see your truth. Lord, may your spirit speak to each one of us here, and may we respond to you. For It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, have, have a seat, everybody. Um, when I was about 10 years old, my dad and I went on a fishing trip. We lived on the St. John's River, River, and we went in a boat, and we were going to spend night in a boat. We went down to a big lake on the St. John's in the south called Lake, lake George. And when we went to this lake... We go down there, and it's, 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 it's shallow a lot. And what I mean by that, it's about waist deep. You can walk really far out in Lake George. And so we're just going to wade fish, and my dad's got a long rope tied to the boat to his waist. I just spit pretty far, so about that. And um, he's got this long, long rope, and, and so he's just gonna, we're just going to walk and fish, and the boat will sort of come along. But the, the, where our cars are parked to where I am is about how long this rope is. Really long rope, so the boat's pretty far away. But as he moves, it'll drag the boat to us so we don't, get, don't lose the boat. So as we fish there, I'm fishing with that. I'm about 10, might be up to 12, but I don't think I am. And, um, and we're, we're doing it. We haven't caught much at all. And all of a sudden, I see this log float up in front of me, about from here to the, that, that clock on the wall. Just this log, and I'm Looking at it, well, oh, that's a log over there. And all of a sudden, like right over there, another log. Now my dad's over here, and the boat's over there. So I'm scooting this way, getting closer to dad, going, uh, dad. And at this point, when I look around, there's like 12 of these logs around us, two of them between us and the boat. And they're not logs, they're what? alligators and me being 10 years old I am thinking we're dead this is not good they are coming in to take us out I was convinced in that moment and I look at my dad my dad's just fishing got a toothpick and just fishing I said dad look at 
what's around us? He said, yep, <laughs> keeps on fishing. And I'm like, he doesn't care about me. This is like a trap, you know? And, uh, and so I said, Dad, they're coming closer. And they were. They were like just, just moving in a little bit. They weren't like attacking us, but it felt like they were. And, uh, you know, I've got the, that, my rod ready just to, I don't know what I can do with a rod against a, a gator. And um, so I go, Dad, Dad, what are we going to do? He said, ah, we'll be all right. <laughs> he said, they're more scared of us than we're scared of them, son. I'm thinking, no, they're not. <laughs> you, know, you don't know how scared I am. Now nah, it'll be all right. Just keep on fishing. Just keep on moving. They're going to move out, out of the way. At that point, I resigned myself. I'm going to die, but I'm going to. I'm going to follow my father and, and, and what he says. And, and lo and behold, as we moved, as we kept moving, they would just, they would just sort of float out. We, we never got attacked. I'm here to this day to show you. I've got my legs and everything. Everything's real, you know. Uh, but I was convinced I was going to die that day, scared to death. But he was like, all right, he'll be all right. They're more scared. And I'm like, they're no way more scared than I am. Um, step one of abundant faith, okay, this in John 10, 10, I've come that you may have life and life to the full. Does anybody here want to have life to the full? I mean, and, and, and that doesn't mean money and fame. That means I am at peace with what God is doing, and God has is, used me in a way that I could never dream he could, could use me. That's life to, to the full. The number one step you must have to have abundant life is you've got to follow the Father. If you don't do step one, you will never do anything else. Follow the fathers, the number one step. God has said to them, hey, this is what you're going to do. You're going to cross over the Jordan, but I want you to follow the ark of the, the covenant and the priest, and they're going to go before you, and where, wherever they go, that's where I want you to go. And it says an interesting line. It, it, it says this. He says, in verse 5, he says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. That's where abundant life is. Can I, I tell you? You want God to do amazing things in your life? You've got to take the step to follow the Father wherever he says go. If you do not follow the Father, you're never going to get there. Now, in the Old Testament, some would say, well, it's not that hard to know what to do. Uh, when they left Egypt, they followed a pillar of fire at night and a, and a pillar of cloud by day. That's how they knew where God was and, and where to go. That's w what they did. Where, where God spoke and said, y'all go this way, that, that's where they went. Um, but how do we follow the Father? How do you or I right now in our life, do we father, fa fa father the follow, follow the Father? Um, Romans 10, 17 says this. says this, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Okay? Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Psalms 119.105 says, says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How do we follow the Father, we've got to be in the Word. We've got to be reading the Word. We've got to study the Word. We've got to meditate. That doesn't mean we just hum with our legs and cross. Meditate is we think about what, man, I'm going to actually maybe 
think about one little thing that Pastor Dan said that sort of was, was, was good. I'll take anything at this point, whatever God can use. I, I'm going to think about that for the rest of the week. How does this apply to my life, and, and how can I honor God with my life? How, what do we learn what to do? You've got you to be in the Word. We will not follow the Father unless we are in the Word. Step one, follow the Father. Um, that wasn't hard, right? Point one's over. We're ready to jump to point two, right? Yeah. First one, step one. Thank you for the enthusiastic response. Um, <clears throat> verse 14, it says this. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests, and, and, and they were bearing the ark of the, the uh, covenant before the people. Now, how big do you think was the Hebrew crowd? How many Hebrews or Israelites were there? that we're about to cross the Jordan together. Any, any clue? 7, what? 7,000, 7, a little bit more than that. 8,000, you are closer. It's actually believed to be 1.8 million. There, there, uh, but you, you were just a little off. You were closer than him. Um, uh, so 1.8 mil, million is what they believe. In, in Numbers 26, it says there were 601,000 men. It doesn't count the kids. It doesn't count the women. So we can guess that's 1.8 million or more. Now, to, to give you an idea of this, uh, Duval count, 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 County has about 900,000 people in it. So it's double of all Duval County. That's Jacksonville. Everybody in there, double it. Let's take Nassau County. Right, which is believed it's uh, we're about seventy-five thousand in the county. That's Callahan, Fernandina, Uly, Bryceville, and whatever else is in between. Um, it would take Nassau County multiply it by twenty-five. So every one person that's here, count them as twenty-five, and that's how big the crowd is that are following the command of the Lord. Right there, I just want you to understand the scope, and this is what they do. It says. So when the, the people, verse 14, is set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the, the people. And as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, then it says this, Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of har har harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is uh, beside Zarethan. And those flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, or the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the, the people passed over opposite the Jordan. Now, the Jordan River, in normal conditions, is, a, is never more than 100 feet across. From uh, this wall to that wall, it's about 50 feet plus. Um, it might be six, 60 feet. So if you take this wall to, to the far wall in the back, the back doors and do that twice, that is as big as it gets. Okay. Now, it does say this. It was at flood stage. So there's times when it would flood. And when it would flood, it would get rough. I've got a video. I'm sure it wasn't as rough, but this is, this is the Jordan a river, a river, a river, a river. Turn the sound down because it's probably really loud. Um, this is the Jordan River, the actual same one, uh, with a flood that was not too long ago. So it was that flood stage past it, really. 
in this one and just take a look at what it looked like. All right, you, you can go ahead and stop it. That, that just, that's pretty rough, right? I just want you to understand there's 1.8 million pe- people that God says, hey, we're going to cross over into this land. Y'all ready? And they say, yeah. I said, okay, do this. And they don't go, ah, that river. There's a lot of us. How are we going to make it across there? Uh, they just go, uh, which is pretty crazy. And then it says this in verse 17. Now the priest, bearing the ark of the, co- of the covenant of the Lord, stormed firmly on the dry, round, dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. It says they take the Ark of the Covenant, and when they get to it, and it's a flooding river, probably not that bad, but flooded and large, and for a group of 1.8 million to cross it, with it being at all wet and, and moving, it's going to take them weeks to get across it. And, and as soon, it says, as soon as their toes touch the water, that, it, that it, it, it held up to the north and it, it held up to the south and it was dry ground between them. And they walk and they go to the, the middle and they have the Ark of the Covenant and that represents God being there. And, and God is in the midst of them as the, the priests go and they stop in the middle and, and they, they cross through on dry ground every one of them. Now I want you to Understand this truth right here. If you want abundant life, you've got to follow the Father, but you've got to face the flood. Okay, you've got to, to face. And if you follow the Father, if you follow God, you will face the flood. It's not, oh, well, it might go tough for you. I guarantee something is going to rise up that is going to scare you, and you're going, I don't want to face that. And God says, trust me, I am with you. And so many times, instead of taking that first step of trusting him, we run because we're scared to death. I, um, about 12 years ago, uh, 11 years ago, I had the opportunity, I actually got roped in to, trapped to coach an upwards flag football team. (sighs) It's horrible. And uh, and it was kids age six and seven, one of my sons was on the team. I won't say who, but this was 11 years ago. Uh, and so Joseph was one at the time. Uh, so it wasn't Joseph. Uh, and so I didn't tell him, son. We got it. And um, so it's an upwards team. So it's like a, like a it's horrible because I'm a comp- competitive person. I, I, I'm not really good to coach rec league stuff because I want to s- kill the other team. Whatever we're facing, I just want to want to beat them down. And I want to put the, the best players and just kill them. Okay, that's just, I just can't help it. So I'm not a good coach. And um, my wife's like, you're the best. I'm like, no, I want to kill people. Uh, so I'm the coach of this team, and these kids are just, uh, it's just horrible. They just don't understand anything. Our team has lost every game. This is the last game of the year. Most of our team, they've, teams have sort of allowed our team to score just so that it's an upwards thing. So they're competitive, you know, non-competitive whatever. And so Noah hasn't scored yet. Oh, I didn't know. My, my son, who I'm not going to name, hasn't scored yet. So it's his time. 
I mean, they're leaving the, the middle wide open. I mean, I mean, I mean, anybody could walk through that like all day long. So I say, son, this is what you're going to do. You're going to get the ball. You're going to take it. Well, you're just going to run, and you're going to score. He went, okay. His eyes were this big, right? He's like, okay, okay. And, um, and so it's like, hike! We get, we get in the ball. The coaches are on the field just sort of help because the kids have no clue what they're doing. My son gets the ball. He starts to run, run forward. And these, 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 what looked like to him must have been giants, these guys were like, I'm going to get you. And he's like this. And he does this. And he runs all the way to the other goal out the past the goal line. And um, so, so he didn't score, but he did what so many of us do when we face something, an obstacle in our way. We lose our mind and we run the other way. And when we face a flood, we've got a choice that we can, we can face it or we can flee. Now, my son, he's really good at a lot of sports. Just that one wasn't really flag football at six. wasn't really sorry. It was flag football. Okay. Okay. Um, so, we, you know, we, you're going to face these things, and, and a lot of times you're, you're going to want to run. You're, you're going to want to run, but God says when you, when you follow the Father, if you want abundant life, you've, you've got to face, face the flood. Proverbs um, 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart, and lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. I don't know about you, but I want abundant life. And this is what I want for you. I want you to have abundant life. But you've got to first follow the Father. You've got to get in the Word. Even when you're tired, you've got to find the time to read it and apply it and live by it. And then as you, as you live this Word out, and as the Spirit of God speaks to you, you know that, that, that when you have faith in Christ, that the Holy Spirit speaks to you and convicts you or compels you or moves you to act, to respond, to give, to love, to share, to speak. It, it, it does, and that, that's when we've got the chance. Do, am I going to follow God or not? So that's my, that's my challenge for you this week. First, are you following the Father? And what do you need to do? You just need to start getting His Word four days a week. That's my, my, my challenge. Hey, you read the Bible four days a week, and if you're starting to bog down or feeling lost or don't know what to do, please come talk to me. Please come talk to any adult that we've got here. Talk to somebody and go, hey, I need some help. I'm not sure what to do. I will be glad to help you. And as you begin to read the Word of God and obstacles come your way, man, I challenge you, man, fight through that fear and step out in faith. And you'll be amazed at what God is going to do. Next two week or ne- next week, we'll talk about the, the step step three and step four of abundant life. Let's let's pray together as we close. Dear, dear God, I thank you so much for your word, for your truth. Just a chance to talk about things I think that are so important to, to you. And God, may may we be a youth group that gives you honor and glory in everything that we do. God, I thank you for every student uh, that's in this place tonight. God, and I just ask that you will um, help us all be followers of you. Lord, help help us to take your word and to read your word and to think about your word and to study your word. And 
uh, pay atten- attention when, when your word is preached in the edge or in church or wherever we go. Uh, FCA, Lord, use these events to draw us closer to you. And, and when the flood comes, when an obstacle comes, Lord, may we, we keep our eyes fixed on you. Uh, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.